In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector and we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world we'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home this is military mom talk radio and here are your hosts sandra beck and robin boyd Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And, Robin, we've got such a great show today. I can't believe how busy we are. (laughs) We are busy, but that's what makes it always so fun. And and we have so many people that are just telling us how much they love all of the people that we're getting on this year. We've just got a great lineup this year. Every week I see somebody new that you've added to the spreadsheet, and it's really exciting. I know. I think we need to have a two-hour show because we've got so many people on the waiting list (laughs) to come on the show, and they're all good, and they're all fun. I know. They really, really are. How's your week been? Are your kids better? I know the flu's going around this whole country. Do you still have sick kids? I do, but they went to school today because they missed um, four out of five days last week, and they were fighting, and I know when they're fighting, they're feeling better, so even though they're still under the weather, they're not 100%, I was ready to kick them out of the house and go to school today. (laughs) It's really hard when you're a working mom and you have... Uh, either to send them to, you can't send them to daycare if they've got a little bit of a fever. You can't send them to school if they've got a little bit of a fever. It's really a challenge. And I really feel for the families who have deployed service members or who are single as you are, because it's not like you can just call your spouse and say, gee, you know, so-and-so still sick. Can you stay home today instead of me? So it's a challenge. It is. It is. Even with the respite care, you know, my friends that use the respite care that's available to you when your spouse is on deployment, and those of you who don't know what that is, there's actually some child care funded, um, you know, by our military uh, called respite care that you can apply for, so you should ask your fro um, or ask your friends about respite care because it really, you know, it does help, and <laughs> I would love some respite care right now. <laughs> it's, um, it is a challenge. When I was uh, when my kids were littler, I had a private home that they stayed at. So they were, she actually had a room that she could segregate kids if they were under the weather or coming down with something. So she didn't spread it right through the whole, the whole uh, thing. But I was very fortunate. 
Oh, that's so wonderful to have like a sick bay. Though, you know, Robin, I'm going to make you laugh because I was on the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention because, you know, I was just curious to see if the, the flu my kids had, you know, since so many kids in the neighborhood had the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, I was all excited to get on to the CDC and read about it. But you know what I found while I was on there? <laughs> I can't imagine what, <laughs> what you're going to hit me with. <laughs> There actually is a section of the CDC for zombie preparedness. I thought I was clicking on the wrong thing, and I'm like, I I was checking. It's like Office of Public Health Preparedness and Response for Zombies. So those of you who don't believe me, go to the CDC.gov and look up zombies. Oh my word, you should have prepared me for that one. I'm gonna I've just gotta pull myself together here. That's hilarious. Oh it my is really word, funny. And they have zombie products, they have a zombie <laughs> blog that you can read, they have an educator's website, and then they have preparedness one oh one zombie posters. And you know, as much as it's like funny and tongue in cheek, when I showed it to my kids, my nine year old especially thought it was awesome. And you know, when I looked carefully at the this stuff. Um, there's actually a novella on there, a little book, and it's a very entertaining way to teach emergency preparedness. You know, instead of being like, oh, this is what happens in a tornado, yawn, here's a hurricane, yawn, you know, here's an earthquake, yawn, which, you know, to like little kids is either frightening or really boring. But mm-hmm. boy, man, when you add a zombie in there and do zombie preparedness, it is a tongue-in-cheek campaign, but it's hilarious. I just thought I would have the best time with my zombie preparedness. Well, we're going to have to go (laughs) to the CDC and check this out, I'll tell (laughs) you. That's just priceless. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, so I got a kick out of that. There's even pictures of zombies, and the zombie poster's all creepy with, like, the dead fingers and the eyes hanging over. Um, So I just thought, well, you know, we talk a lot about preparedness and deployments, and so we thought we'd, you know, add in zombie, uh, if there's a zombie apocalypse. Isn't that wonderful? Well, you know, there's so many approaches, I think, to uh, helping children through any kind of uh, family change. And I think if it means bringing in something fun like that, uh, as fun as a zombie can be, I think that's something that the kids relate to because it's part of this generation. I mean, talk about all the the TV shows and the uh, makeup artists that are doing, there's a show called Face Off. I don't know if you've ever caught it. It's on the uh, Sci-Fi channel. And I really like it because my daughter being a makeup artist, um, I'm I'm really excited to see things like this because it really is a, a, one of these reality shows that just brings out new talent and they give them these crazy challenges and they have to do all of the makeup for um for these crazy things and they're often very zombie like and if that's what the is going to help them get a message through to the kids i think it's a it's great i think it's awesome it is, because, you know, when they talk about, like, you know, I was in the kids' classroom when they did the earthquake preparedness, and, mm-hmm. you know, unless the kids have been through an earthquake, it's really something that's kind of tough for them to imagine, you know, and, and sure. it's, it, you know, but, I mean, the thing is, after Harry Potter and, you know, the, um, gosh, what's that other one, you know, it's like, 
the kids love zombies. I mean, zombies are fun. There were so many zombies. Lord of the Rings, yeah, with the Hobbit. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like at Halloween, you see a bunch of zombies walking around. And that's actually a tangible thing that the kids can, you know, they can kind of think about. And it's like, what a great way also to introduce, you know, we have all this training in our schools now because of that school shooting in Sandy Hook. Mm -hmm. You know, and instead of making it scary, like they, in our school, they taught about either an intruder or a wild animal since we live in the country. But I mm. thought, oh, my gosh, how cool would it be to make a, a zombie and then a zombie drill, you know, so that the kids aren't so frightened. It, and it is something that the kids at least can relate to. I, I think it's wonderful when kids have great imaginations, but I'm also glad when it's it's presented in a way that at least they can they can come away with something. I, oh, that's so fun. I can't wait to go to the CDC. <laughs> no, I know. Well, it reminds me of like when NORAD this year did the Santa tracking. I don't know if you you've ever oh, done I always, that. Um, I always have to check out Santa on the tra- on the Me NORAD too. Love me it. too. We had him on my phone, you know, the whole time, and I just love oh. when when um, you know our national organizations become human because that to me mm-hmm. NORAD is always all you see it is in sci-fi films or you know NORAD says this NORAD tracks that you know for them to track Santa, you know, just awesome. I think does so much good public will. That's like I thought, oh, I kind of like the CDC for having zombie preparedness. I saw them in a whole new light. <laughs> I think that there are quite a few areas where they there are more family readiness um, links and uh, resources, m- much more than there ever was years ago. So this is really cool. <laughs> I knew I would make your day. Very few days times I make your day. Usually it's busting somebody's rank down or getting their name wrong. But today, today it was all about the zombie. <laughs> oh, my son was the, a musician wrote a, wrote a song, a fun song with his band once called Zombies Are People Too. So there you go. <laughs> I'll have to show him this and say, see, you were way ahead of your time. <laughs> <laughs> way ahead of your time. That's oh. right. Oh my gosh, Sam! We got some great people on today. Why don't you? Did you get the uh, the the list that I just sent you? I did not. Because <laughs> I'm having trouble multitasking today. I kid you not. I have three computer screens running because I have these big reports due, and of course, you know, we have to multitask as moms, you know, and, and know. run a radio show and run these reports. That every once in a while it goes, and then I have to hit the key, just the enter key to keep it going. And it's like I've been doing yes. it since seven a.m. this morning. Yes. Well, first of all, we have Jody Bramer on, our good friend who visits us so often, and we really appreciate her spending time with us. Um, she is one of those people, and don't you agree, San, that she just has this way of grounding us. And we'll, be, we'll have to talk to Judy about zombies and see what she thinks about yes. it. <laughs> I would but love I, to know if she had any zombies in her practice. <laughs> I think today she, she uh, was going to talk a little bit about relationships. And it's so difficult to keep a strong relationship even when someone's home with you, maybe it might be under stress or whatever, but especially our families who have to uh, maintain a relationship during separation or even after inter- reintegration, we know when they've been gone for a while, you come into a, a routine within the uh, family home and then all of a sudden reintegration comes and you have to sort of revamp all over again. So Jody's always great to talk to us about relationships. She is, and today she's going to focus on, Rob, we had a, a, um, a, a listener write in with a question, a good one, um, oh, about what happens when your spouse, you know, 
has to put the military first and you know you feel last on the list which i know a lot of our uh wives feel that way Mm-hmm. we have an author on today too uh his name is lieutenant colonel michael Mo- Mo- moffett excuse me uh michael it's michael moffett <laughs> he's written a book about um uh, a, a wonderful actor that I think if everybody sees his picture, they're going to recognize him, uh, Fahim Fazli. He uh, was the contributing, uh, the cultural con- contributor for Charlie, um, Charlie Wilson's War. He wrote a book with Fahim, and it's a very interesting story about Afghanistan to Hollywood and back again. And then uh, rounding out the show, we have Carolyn Howard Johnson. She is an author, a very noted and recognized author. She is a coach as well. If you want to find the most frugal way to do anything, whether it's presentations, books, or writing, Carolyn is going to give us the way to make it work and make it our very best. So do stay tuned. We've got four for you on Military Mom Talk Radio. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Mobile is the future, and the future is now. Listen in each week, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 Central, to Brilliant Mobile Marketing with your host, Mobile Mary, as we simplify the hottest marketing channel, Mobile Marketing, and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant, be more profitable, and have more fun in your industry. Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with Brilliant Mobile Marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu, Wednesday nights at 10, 9 Central on Toginet.com. Helen Wu was born and raised in San Francisco's Chinatown. And after a very difficult upbringing, fighting depression, abuse, and addictions, she finally finds herself genuinely happy inside and out. Helen believes in taking our positive thinking and doing something positive to achieve a positive outcome. She's here to make a positive difference in your life, to be your game changer, your aha moment mentor. She's ready to help both men and women get into a better place. Helen Wu is also the author of Self-Aid Success Stories, 25 Success Stories from Successful Entrepreneurs. Inspired by Ellen DeGeneres, Helen wants the world to know that just because we find ourselves in a difficult situation doesn't mean we have to stay there. We can aid ourselves to a better life. So join us for Self-Aid Success Stories with Helen Wu. Wednesday nights at 10, 9 Central on toginet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Help us out, put your name at the top of his list, and the Statue of Liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. 
Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with my co-host, Robin Boyd, and we are going to welcome Dr. Jody Bramer. She's a regular on our show. She's covered everything from deployments to PTSD to struggling with loneliness, depression, and today, Jody, we're going to talk about what happens when you're in a relationship, whether you're married, girlfriend, or otherwise, with an Army military personnel who can be deployed, can be home. We got a lot of feedback from Facebook about the wives feeling last on the list, and then not only do they feel last on the list, but then they feel guilty because then they're not serving their country. So, Jody, have you ever heard that before? <laughs> oh, gosh, no, never once. Not once. Not once in a million years. All the time that I've ever been in the military. No, no, no. <laughs> that is such a common theme, and it's true. The wives not only struggle with the guilt of everything that they're doing or not doing or doing wrong, but they feel guilty because they want to be foremost in their husband's or their significant other's lives, and then they have to share it with their their branch of the military, and they know that the military is much more than a nine-to-five job. It's a lifestyle. It's a mindset, and yet there are so many human needs that that people need in a relationship, and oftentimes the relationship is the first thing to suffer. Absolutely. And yeah, what do they say. do, Jody? I mean, how do you, do you just, is it something you just got to suck up and make peace with? Well, you know, there's a saying in the Marine Corps that if they wanted you to have a wife, they would have issued you one. <laughs> Which is all well and good, except for the wives in the, in the Marine Corps and else wives. The truth is, is that men in the military can and do devote their lives to their branch of service. However, and this is a big caveat, when a man chooses to marry, and I don't mean to be sexist because there's plenty of females in the armed services too, uh, but it does seem to be more along the the male-female contingency line. When a man chooses to marry, he is making a statement that I am bringing somebody else into my life, which means that somebody else is going to share the things that are important in my life, and be a part of the important things in my life, which means that if a man marries or brings in a significant other, he does owe it to his significant other to make her feel as loved and wanted and as appreciated as the military is, even more so perhaps because there is so much of a demand that the military makes on the life of a military member. Don't you think so? Oh, absolutely. I remember, like, I I was every which way from sideways at my friend's retirement, you know, after, you know, 25 years, he retired, and we were on the deck of an aircraft carrier. It was like a 1,000 degrees, and I'm watching my kids and his kids, and, you know, they bring his wife up and hand her a flower and say, thanks. And I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 25 years, and you get a flower? Hey, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I almost went ballistic. I was so, I was so red, Jody. I know it's not about me, but I just, for every woman out there that has been in a relationship with someone, much less a long-term one, here's your flower, honey, and by the way, thanks. 
Yes, in, in our case, we got a certificate, a certificate of appreciation for being accommodating and providing all the support for our husbands. It's like, really? That's it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. But when a man does marry um, a military man, it is important for him to realize that he is no longer just his branch of service. He is now, with his own desire, with his own willingness, a husband, and being a husband, just as being a wife, does have some commitments and requirements to it. And it means honoring your spouse and making them feel loved and not left out and not lost on the pole. And that's important for both spouses to realize. Just as when a baby comes into the household, sometimes the woman may put all of her focus and energy into the baby, she has to realize that her husband is still there loving the family as well. So it's not significant, it's not strictly a military issue. It's true in all aspects of relationships. There are times that we just kind of forget that our spouse is there or that need, our spouse needs anything. And uh, Sandra, the letter that you were referring to from the, from the uh, listener, that was very interesting. Did, did you have a chance to share that with the listeners? Um, the, the, I didn't, the, the request said, what do I do when the man I'm involved with forgets my birthday, sends gifts or cards late? I know he's busy and the military comes first, but I feel like I'm always last on his list and then guilty because my country comes first. Yes, the country comes first. There's any time that he gets a call in the middle of the night, he has to pack up his bags and go. But when he's home... The wife needs to come first. The wife and the family need to come first because he has to be able to compartmentalize and put his duty to his work, to his branch of service, to the country aside because he did take on a commitment of a wife. And just like a garden, he has to nurture that relationship as much as anything else. And it's very important for him to let his wife know that she is loved and valued but with this letter, there's something interesting. Um, he, she, did, she felt guilty because she didn't want to interrupt him or take him away from the military. He can't be expected to read her mind. If things like <laughs> remembering a birthday or Valentine's Day is important to her, gee, you know, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> it's, important, it's important for her to let him know and say, hey, Valentine's Day is coming. It's important to me. Um, please please know that this is important to me and convey that sense of meaning to him so he at least has a clue. Some men don't have a clue. Anybody I'm sure experience the military, that? <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm sure that the military, though, has um, situations that are probably very, very unique uh, over any other kind of relationship in that there are times they can't just sit down, even when they're home, they can't talk about sometimes, what did you do today, hon? They ha there's a certain, if depending on their security level or depending on their uh, the operation that maybe they have just come back from and have been gone for three months, I think it's hard to keep that relationship going because 
the one that's been home could talk about the mortgage or talk about, you know, who, uh, who got a scholarship last week or who did whatever. And maybe the service person can't be doing that. And that's hard to have a balance as far as communication. Oh, absolutely. It's a whole part of your life that you can't share with a significant other. That comes true with, with many different areas, not just the military. We've got the mm. CIA, we've got the FBI, we've got the police work, detective work. Think about There's oftentimes that the partner can't share what happens in their work situation, but that doesn't mean that they can't make their spouse feel important and loved. Yeah. Hmm. I know. I'm sitting here going, oh, what would you tell? Like, what would you tell? Like, you know, you you talked about, you know, like the guy can't read minds, you know, if, you know, like, because I think about that going like, well, gee, if I have to remind you it's my birthday, then it feels kind of weird, you know, when you, you do get something, you know, it's like there's a part of every woman who wants, you know, the man to at least remember her birthday. Absolutely. I know. And that, that comes with, um, feeling like your birthday is the one day that you get to be special and honored. That is one aspect of being a military wife that is really hard because very important days like birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, um, they don't always get to be celebrated or honored or, or even experienced on the day of. And we get this mantra of, well, it's just another day. It's just another day. And we get disappointed and we have resentment and we have anger and we don't know where to put it. We don't know whether to be angry at our spouse or angry at the military. The truth is, is that it is just another day. But for example, a birthday is the day that you came into the world and you want somebody, especially your spouse, to think that that's a pretty darn important day. So if there is a conflict, say the husband is deployed or not there or or something happens and you can't celebrate an important event together, make a plan. Make a a plan to say, okay, if we can't celebrate it at this time, let's put it on this and this is going to be the day that we celebrate. Or I want you to acknowledge my day. I know you can't be here, but I want a text or I want an email and And if that's feasible, if it's possible, if we're not in in a war situation where that's not possible, then for the spouse to do everything in their power, because it's important, to make the other person feel special or honored, and certainly not if on the actual calendar day, for some day they're about it. We don't want anybody forgetting our day because it's it was our day. It was an anniversary or it was a birthday or it was our children's birthday or it was Christmas or New Year's. They hold significance, but it's one of the things as a military wife that we do tend to have to sacrifice at times. And, if well, and I think spouse, it becomes amplified too, Jody. don't you think? Like what my friends tell me is, you know, they have to deal with so much already on their own. You know, the one day, like their birthday, you know, it's just that one day for me, you know. So I do think it becomes amplified in the military family, the importance of these little things. It can be. But then again, in the grand scheme of things, if a spouse concentrates just on a birthday where the husband is away, then they lose track of the greater aspect of the whole relationship and what does this relationship mean and what are we building toward and what is our end goal and okay yes I'm disappointed that a day didn't get celebrated but it's more important that we're together and that we're making this work. 
Jody, we're going to have to talk to you another day. Uh, we always are fascinated. We get so wrapped up, and all of a sudden the time is gone. We want everybody to visit you, Jody, at Jody Bramer, and that's B R E M E R dot com. Thanks, Jody. You always ground it, ground us, <laughs> so that we really have uh, a confidence to move forward. On the other side of the break, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Moffat, a wonderful book you won't want to miss. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A. Your host, Barbara Allison. Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of 0 and 6 are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then, come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraiseamillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land God bless the USA Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And for those of you that missed the first half of the show, you can pick us up on iTunes under Military Mom Talk Radio. You can also go to the .com by the same name, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. And we have Lieutenant Colonel Michael Moffat coming up. And, Rob, it's all yours. (laughs) He is.
is, I have to say, I'm very proud to say he is a Granite Stater. He is a neighbor right up the way. Um, Michael, are you with us? I sure am, Robin. It's great to be here. Welcome so much. Glad to have you here. I've been enjoying this book so much. And uh, before we get into the book itself, let's meet uh, a little bit of you as far as what has your military uh, life career been? You've, you have had quite a decorated career. Well, real quick, uh, Robin, I joined the Marine Corps in 1982, uh, became an infantry officer, uh, get out, came back in the reserves just in time for the Persian Gulf conflict. Uh, timing is everything. And, and then uh, <laughs> continued to do uh, reserve stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Went back on active duty after 9-11. I was on General Frank's uh, operations staff at Central Command and, and did a, a lot of other assignments as well with Marine Corps education programs and finished up by going to Afghanistan for Marine Corps University in 2010, which is uh, where I met Fahim Fazli, who uh, I co-authored our book with. Now, I thought that that was very interesting when I read it in the preface that you were uh, assigned as a historian for um, the uh, Afghanistan uh, conflict, I guess you could say. Is that, is that ex- how they uh, assigned it to you? Yes, uh, Robin. I was a Marine Corps historian uh, for History Division, part of Marine Corps University, and I was assigned to Helmand Province, where the Marines, most of the Marine activity was happening. And my mission was simply to travel around Helmand Province and visit mm-hmm. the combat outposts and forward operating bases, and talk to and interview Marines, uh, mostly Marines and uh, get some photos and uh, get their stories from them while they were still fresh, you know, right right out and operational. And for what purpose is this documentation? Is it the government who needed this? Is this uh, who who is benefiting? From, not obviously we would be because we're going to read it in future generations, but what was the intent for this historian element? Well, these interviews are primary source uh, material that gets uh, transcribed and summarized and, and uh, recorded and left at Marine Corps University uh, History Division for future scholars or researchers or, or even family members who uh, want to come back and or go back and listen to a firsthand recording of somebody who's in theater uh, talking about uh, what they have been doing or experiencing in, uh, in war. That's really interesting and how fascinating because I know how many times has somebody wanted to go back and understand a little bit more about what a, uh, a, a relative in the um, Second World War, even First World War now, we don't know so many things. So this is a wonderful component to our our history. This is wonderful. And in this... Um, this last job that you were were active with is where you met this wonderful gentleman, Fahim Fazli. Yes, I sure did. Uh, we just happened to cross paths at uh, an event in Delaram, which is in the northern part of the Marine Corps area of operations. And, and uh, yeah, he was an interpreter and a Hollywood actor. He was 43 years old who was from Afghanistan. Of course, this is all in the book. He made a, sure. a, a harrowing escape from Afghanistan as a youngster and made it to America and uh, 
became a citizen and learned English and became an extra and eventually an actor. And, and he's been in, uh, I'm sure most people have seen him here or there on Spike TV or CBS. Uh, he was in Argo, actually, the movie that's up for the Academy Award. He was, he always plays bad guys. He was one of the, played one of the Iranians in uh, Argo. But anyway, uh, yeah, he was an interpreter and he didn't need to be with the Marines. He asked to go to uh, Helmand Province with the Marines and was so effective. You know, he's an actor, charismatic, knew the languages, likes people. He brought together Americans and Afghans so well that the Taliban especially hated him and actually put a price on, on his head. Mm-hmm. That's uh, That shows you how um, effective he is as far as uh, accomplishing what he was hoping to do when he was his his story as far as his escape is is very very gripping but that's only the beginning of his story um what do you think was the most important message in writing this story for people to know about Fahim but also to know about um the Afghanistan culture well, patriotism and perseverance is uh, is kind of a dual theme. Uh, perseverance, because Fahim inspires me and, and people who know him or read of him. You know, he just never get, gave up, and he wanted to be an actor. And talk about, you know, having to overcome the odds. You know, he didn't speak English. He didn't have any contacts, uh, but he just uh, hustled and met people and networked and got a foot in the door and kept working and and uh, made it, became a Screen Actors Guild member. Uh, Tom Hanks, he worked with Tom Hanks and many of the biggest stars in Hollywood. Tom Hanks wrote a blurb for our cover, which you probably noticed. Mm-hmm. So perseverance is, uh, is, is a lesson. And the Afghan lessons, um, actually the book is dedicated to you, actually. It's dedicated to moms, his mother, and to women of the world. And one of the cultural things uh, regarding Afghanistan that we do focus on in the book is how for Afghanistan eventually to get to a better place, women have to be empowered, and that's not easy. You know, uh, you know, and culturally, I mean, who, who am I to say here in New Hampshire that Afghans need to be a certain way? But I think that it's true. I think that as women get more empowered over there, that'll temper the violent strains that are part of that warrior culture, and get that that country to a better place. So difficult to read some of the talks that he said of his wife, uh, I mean, excuse me, his mother being beaten or his mother wanting to leave his father, but then her family returning him, returning her to to the father because that was what her role was. And she had other aspirations, didn't she? Yeah, she wanted to get into health. She wanted to really be a doctor, which is very difficult. She did become a midwife. In fact, she became a midwife for the president, vice president, and then the president of Afghanistan before he was murdered in 1979. And uh, that's uh, part of part of uh, the, the story. And the family was split up, and he lost track of his mother, uh, lost contact with her for years until he finally escaped and eventually reunited with his mother and the rest of the family in America. And I thought it was really kind of interesting when he said he was uh, going from Afghanistan to Pakistan wasn't that big of a cultural difference. But when he finally landed in New York and, and came to America, he said his words were he thought he was on another planet. It was just so different. 
Yes, that that notion of uh, you know coming to America. Uh, there's a movie about that. Uh, you know, it's a little bit like the Beverly Hillbillies in the sense. <laughs> I think it's fascinating for people to see others come to like an urban area and suddenly be confronted with skyscrapers and, yeah. and, uh, and that type of thing when you're just used to the uh, the yellow gloom of Kabul, you know, as a youngster. <laughs> as you have promoted this book, how has, um, how has it been received? And have you had some people come to you and say that it was either enlightening or did you have some people maybe who were also from Afghanistan say thank you for sharing this? Yes, we got some wonderful reviews. Uh, if, if it's Fahim Speaks, F-A-H-I-M, Fahim Speaks, and it's uh, it's on Amazon. If, if everybody gets a chance to log on to Amazon and go to Fahim Speaks, you can see many of the wonderful reviews. And uh, the website, FahimSpeaks.com, has all kinds of material. And I will say that in uh, last September, our book was one of six nominees for the top military biography uh, for 2012 by the Military Writers of America, the MWSA. So I, uh, Fahim wasn't able to make it, but I went to Dayton, Ohio for the conference and, and the uh, the banquet, and uh, I was we were thrilled to have our book uh, win the gold medal as the top military biography for 2012. It was, uh, you know, I'm not of Hollywood, but uh, when you have something that's nominated and then they're announcing the winners, and the winner is, it uh, was a, a true thrill. So that that award has been something that we've used to help uh, raise awareness about the book and, and Fahim's wonderful story. It is a wonderful story. Where do you anticipate either this going, or do you have other books on the horizon? We've got about right. two minutes before the break, Michael. Okay, well, right now my focus, our focus, is just to raise awareness about uh, the book and, and Fahim and his wonderful story. and. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say this. He's in China right now doing a film project with uh, Robert Downey Jr., um, which uh, is part of the Iron Man type series. Fahim was in the first Iron Man movie, a bad guy who had to punch out Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) But um, right now we're uh, uh, just working on raising awareness about the book. That's why it's wonderful to get to talk to you folks and on your wonderful show here. And we do get asked, uh, you know, a movie someday, and and that's a, that's a that's a tough one. But uh, Fahim is an actor, and and Dale Dye and his wife, Dr. Julia Dye, are our publishers and editors, and they are of Hollywood. Dale has been in many movies and top military guy in Hollywood. So, you know, the the possibility of working up a treatment or a draft or an outline or someday a script for Fahim and his story uh, it would be you know Hollywood's always looking for new ideas and this is is a novel idea and a true sto- true story of of love and patriotism and perseverance and and on and on it is fascinating because what he went through uh, culturally and emotionally to leave the, your birth country, to adopt another country, to then put on the uniform of another country, and then um, be back and do the things that he's done really is fascinating. Michael, thanks so much for being with us. Michael Moffat. Robin, uh, thank you. Uh, simplify and stay warm. I know it's uh, it's cold there in Hooks. So. It is. Thank you for your service, it's Michael. It's 70 and sunny it. in California. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sandra. Thank you. <laughs>
Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on Toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairyTaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen on Toginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on Toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Help us Sam, put your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd, and we finished a great interview with Mike, the author of Fahim Speaks. It's available via Amazon, and that's F-A-H-I-M, F-A-H-I-M Speaks. It's available on Amazon. Um, Rob, that was such a great interview. I just have to tell you, I was sitting here, you know, listening away, and I just think, what an exciting story. It is an exciting story. And I think so many times we forget that the cultural differences are so vast and it's very hard sometimes for us to appreciate what um, other people are experiencing and going through. So uh, what, a, what a wonderful story. And I am, I'm still, I'm not quite to the very end of it, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. 
I think so, too. I think it's a great book, a great read. FahimSpeaks.com. You can also check it out there. Uh, we have another guest coming up. She's an author. She's, she's actually very many, many things. Um, but what I love about her, since you know me, Rob, I'm the queen of cheap. If it's not free, it costs too much. And I'm notoriously, notoriously thrifty when it comes to stuff. However, I do like to, you know, think that any amount of time that I have to earn money takes my time away from my kids and my family, so I feel justified in guarding the almighty dollar like I do. Um, but I know that a lot of our military families, especially with the changes in the health insurance, the changes in the cutbacks, you know, so many things. And we have a lot of police and fire that actually listen to our show um, that are retired military. And with all the cutbacks, having Carol Howard Johnson on talking about living frugally, she has come up with some great ideas for our military families and how to live frugally. Uh, Callan, welcome to the show. I'm not sure that I can be any better than a PX on sale day. <laughs> I love it. Yes, oh, I do, too. It's very nice to be with you. <laughs> we'll, do our, we'll do our best to, to, live, to live beyond the expectations there. <laughs> Oh, the pressure. Oh, the pressure. Well, you've written lots of books and you've, um, you've just done, a, you know, you've had such a wonderful, uh, career. Um, you're the recipient of the California Legislators Women of the Year and Arts and Entertainment Award. I mean, you have Character and Ethics Committee Awards, you know, for your writing. I mean, you've been named to Pasadena's weekly list of 14 San Gabriel women to make life happen. And you blog at White Writers Digest, which I think is really cool because I think they're, they're a great uh, resource, but I want to talk today about some ideas you have for the military family. Oh yes, well you know I was raised by a um, by a depression era mom, so I, frugality is in my blood, and I ended actually ended up being more known for for frugal than I than I am for my poetry or my or my fiction. But <laughs> rock on. But, but yeah, that's probably because frugal is, is needed more than, than poetry or fiction perhaps. I don't know. It's efficient. You're being efficient. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was thinking while I was while I was waiting for you lovely women to um to come on the line that um, I could maybe talk to your people a little bit about most of them are assuming are readers. Um, I'm hoping all of them are readers mm. of some of the frugal ways that they may or may not know uh, about in terms of reading or getting Ooh, their book that. or whatever, right? I mean, my two favorite topics are military, well, three, frugal, military, <laughs> and um and um, of course, writing. So, um, if we can figure out a way to support authors frugally and readers frugally, that's always a good thing. It came to me when I was on um, when I was on Amazon today. Um, I had just signed up for a Prime membership that gives you free shipping, and I'm not sure oh, a lot of people know about that. The free shipping and then the free rentals. You know, I rent a book from them every month um, that, you know, and there are a lot of them are first run in, in right. great books. Right, right. I think it's, it's $79, I think, a year, yep. and, but you get to try it for free. And um, 
I, I signed up, and exactly, it also gives you the, the access to, to the, the free lending libraries. And the lending libraries are uh, literally staffed by authors who use Kindle Select Program, which means they they sign they they offer their books free as a way to promote their books to um, to Prime members. So you can go when you use that, you're getting books that normally aren't free, that normally right. you would have to pay even for eBooks, right? So that's, it's a wonderful way to, to save money, especially if you really put your mind to, to, to saving some money. Well, and there's a great website. I don't know if you know about it, Carol Kindle Buffet. It's one of my favorites. Oh, and they yeah. read through all the free ones, and I get on there every day. It's like brain candy. I was going I to suggest that. It, at will. <laughs> yeah, if you Google free e-books, there's about 12 of them. And all really? of the, all of the, well, at least twelve. I, I used twelve the last time I promoted a book using what they call Kindle Select Program, which is a program that authors can use again to promote their books. And these are books that normally would, one would tr- be charged for most of the year, but authors can have up to five days to promote them free. And the idea is to get them out there and get a buzz going. So, um, so we we want as many people to know about that freebie as possible. And of course, if you're an author who already has some some following, and people have been thinking about buying your book, and then they see, oh, I can get it free if I hurry up and do this in the next five days. A lot of them go in and order it free, and that that's the purpose of those those freebie those freebie sites is to is to let people know about what's free on Amazon. And other places, but mostly, mostly on Amazon. It's mostly the Kindle people who are who are being um, touted on those websites. Are you oh, finding great. that that you're uh, soaring with Kindle versus print copies, or are you still really doing well with your print copies? Oh, yeah, no, I'm doing very. I, I I just I think I just hit a tipping point on Kindle uh, or or ebook versus paper. Uh, up to this point, my books are. Are, I, I hate to admit it, are really quite pretty, quite nice books. Uh, and they, the paperbacks have always been very, very popular. But um, recently I've found especially my how-to books are selling as many on Kindle as they are in paperback. Mm-hmm. And so um, and I, I think, I think more and more people are I'm... just doing that. When I look at my usage, girls, you know, because I'm a Kindle and a Nook owner, and I mm-hmm. am a voracious reader, and I, I'm telling you, if it comes, it depends on where I'm going to use it. Like, if I'm buying a book to read at the beach or, you know, certain places where I want a physical book, but when it comes to education and how-to and, you know, a lot of the learning things, the cookbooks, I don't have room to store all these and to be able to put them on my device and know if I lose the device, I can just get a new one and download everything again. Again, um, especially in the how-to cookbook um, market like that, and book I know I'm going to keep, I'm going to absolutely get it on in the e-version. Uh huh. Yeah, and, and, and isn't e- that funny? I'm the almost e-versions the give you some give you some perks that regular books don't don't give us. We're, we're all used to using an index in a paper book, uh, paperback book, and um, and we love those, but. Um, when you're using an ebook, you can just click on a link and it'll take you to different places in the in the book, or you can click on a link and it'll take you to different places on the web, depending on your reading device. So it's very handy, and a lot of people 
who um, have bought the Frugal Book Promoter, which is is the best-selling book in my series for writers, um, tell me that they have actually bought both both books. And um, one woman sent me a picture of the paperback book, all post-it noted and and the corners turned down. So she'd obviously really used that, but she still wanted the ebook so that she could just go and quickly find what she wanted using a keyword or a or a find uh, function. So um, they they they're both they're both wonderful have, have their own use. Paperback books aren't going to go away, are they? <laughs> no, and I love the smell of them. I love the feel of them. Yeah, you yeah. know, just to curl up and use it. And you know, for me, I'm on a, a monitor. You know, twelve to fifteen hours a day sometimes. So it's not relaxing to sit down and look at another screen the way it is. You know, as you know, looking at a paperback. Exactly, and there's nothing like curling up in front of a fire on a cold day and reading, right? <laughs> right, right. Or a, beach. You, or a beach. Or a beach. It took me about two years to really get into my my Kindle um, because I am such a bibliophile. I'm such a book person and a physical book. Um, it took me a long time to do that. But what I realized is I could throw out, like, all my shape magazines, my fitness magazines, and, you know, Vogue, everything I get, I can toss them out at the end of the month or recycle them, which I do. And keep them on my device. And that, to me, you know, to be able to source it, to be able to come back to it and have it all in one place is just a godsend. And, but it took me two years to make the transfer from 90% books to, um, you know, now I'm 10% hard copy and 90% ebook. What is your website, uh, Carol, so people can check you out? Um, it's howtodoitfrugally.com. And that. there's a place where people can sign up for my newsletter. If they're writers or if they're marketers, they might really enjoy that. They have a business. There's a lot of stuff about marketing that, you know, I have a favorite phrase. It's it, marketing is marketing is marketing. It doesn't make any difference what, you, what, what your business is. The same principles work for everyone. And any kind of an idea for one industry can be translated into another. In fact, I also have a series for retailers. The How to Do It Frigley series for retailers. Um, I, that's one of the things that I did for several decades. So, oh my gosh, um, that's wonderful. Um, it's a it, it's a good Here. little site. There's also a, a re, uh, writers' resources and a readers' resources section on that site. That's wonderful. Carolyn, we're going to have to say goodbye. Thank you so much for being here, but I hope you can come visit us again. Well, I, I've got, I hope so, so too, much. because we didn't even finish the Amazon frugal, frugal kit. Exactly. We'll, have, we'll have to do a couple more of those. <laughs> Thanks a lot for your help. Next, next week we have um, Lori Bell from the National Association of Military Moms and Spouses. We also have Lisa Dietrich to talk about women in faith. And get ready to sizzle, ladies. We have Susie Manning joining us. Join us next week on Military Mom Talk Radio. I'll be sure to listen. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks.